Hi, this is Kenny. And this is Mark. And this is All I Want to Do is Talk About Madonna. Album 9. Okay, wait. Okay. Mark. Yeah. Album 9. Album 9. People say officially this is album 7. Oh my gosh. We have to <laughs> adjudicate this again. Madonna. Yes. Like a Virgin. 2. True Blue. 3. Like a prayer. Like a prayer. Four. I'm breathless music from and inspired by the film Dick Tracy. I agree. Five. Erotica. Six. Bedtime stories. Seven. Something to remember. Okay, debatable that it's an album, but we'll go with it. We'll go with it. It has four new tracks. Nine is Ray of Light. Okay, but in, if in that is the case, then why don't we count um, the Immaculate, Immaculate Collection? collection. That's a good question. Is it the amount of new tracks? I think so. Four new tracks. I think well, and and something to remember is like a journey. It's a different kind of journey. Immaculate Collection is not a journey. It's it, a greatest hits. It's album. a sequential greatest hits. Okay, album. so we're, we're not going to cover. Do you think we're going to count GHV two? <laughs> <laughs> do you think we're going to talk about GHV two? I don't those even know. radio edits smashed uh, onto an album. Oh. Girl, you're throwing down. Oh, I got a lot to say to this week. Album nine, track six. Nothing really matters. Mark, you just rolled your eyes. Kenny, this song drives me nuts. Go on. This song drives me nuts. Go on. Speak. I, um, well, this song is built like a pop song. Yes. It is so, such a wormhole. You listen to this song one time, and it is in your brain for the day. It is so, so fabulous it has a <laughs> pop hook it has a killer bridge it is all the pieces are there yeah. but those lyrics yeah and it never lifts into the stratosphere what? that ray of light does that like a prayer does that vogue does the deeper and deeper even does it doesn't get us there yeah. it just kind of churns and bubbles along and it drives me nuts um, drives me nuts because it's you. such a wormhole. It's so good. It is so good, and I agree with you on all of your points. To me, it's kind of like in the range of a keep it together, but it's not. But it, the lyrics stop it because, and I actually think it's that very beginning, like the the sort of moody beginning of the track, which mm -hmm. sort of denies or or stops stops it from being the fucking groove that it should be. The demo just starts like in we're already in the pop dance world and I'm really happy about that. Mm -hmm. The lyrics don't bother me as much. It's just that they take themselves so seriously at the beginning. Yes.
I would call this act two of the album. Totally. It's like, totally. The, and for that, I then like the sort of moody opening, like, like the curtain Coming has out closed. Of skin, yeah. I can't get to, to the right. chorus of nothing really matters without the opening. No, we need, we need this sort of get, we need this transition. So I feel like as an album track, it works really well that way. But I agree that it's like, it should have been, it has all the elements of a great Madonna pop song. And it sounds like a Madonna song. Mm-hmm. And it is a Madonna song, uh, but, but, it, but I, I, I have the same frustration with this song um, because I also feel like actually the lyrics of the core, even though the chorus is great, but like nothing really matters. Like it's hard to like, love is all we need. Everything we, we give to all comes back to everything yeah. they give you all comes back to me. That sounds very selfish actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, and well, it is a song that is, is not as global as it wants to be. Meaning like it does feel more, internal than it does like a song that we can sing and be like, I can embrace personally. Cause it, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's also because of the, because of you at right before yeah. the song gets yeah. kicks off because then I'm like, Oh, she's talking about the fucking baby. <laughs> oh, for the fame. <laughs> this, t- this not even two years old and we're already blaming her for everything. <laughs> 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 well, the, the the thing about this song, it, it was written with, by Pat Leonard, and that's what's so frustrating about it. You can feel, you can feel the tension of the Pat Leonard anthem yeah, yeah. coming up against Madonna's awakening and the lyrics she wants to use, and then you add uh, William Orbit in to produce it, and Marius DeVries is back as well, and Nikki and Donna. Nikki and Donna. I mean, like all the pieces are there. That's what's so there. frustrating about it. All the pieces are there. But I do love this song anyway. Totally, I love it. But I, I, I can keep. I can it's, sing it. It's, and it's not. It's it's not. It's. Ugh. It has a great bridge. It's got an amazing bridge. And those are the lyrics she quotes all the time. Oh, nothing like, takes the past away like the future. Nothing makes the darkness go like the light. I mean, it's gorgeous. It is. It's gorgeous. The rest of the song though does not match it. In that way, and the poeticness of it. It's too literal. It's too Madonna being like, I was really selfish and now I'm not, and I've learned so much. But it's like, Mm. really, Madonna? I don't buy this. (laughs) I don't buy this. (laughs) You're an Oprah talking about all the clothes in your closets. I mean, well, yeah. I mean, that's one of the toughest parts of being Madonna and the best parts. Yeah, I mean, and, and this is <laughs> well, and and this is this is the this is the other thing. I mean, I think there's almost too many cooks in the kitchen because I, I do know that like William Orbit didn't really enjoy the contributions that Marius DeVries brought to oh, the song. Really? Lips. There's uh, there's almost too much working it into a um, into the rest of the ray of light realm, uh-huh. the rest of the ray of light palette, if you will. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't quite. It is sort of like. I remember hearing the song on the album and thinking like, oh, this is like, they needed a old fashioned Madonna single. And so this is that song, Um, which then shows up on a lot of albums moving forward. We have like the the song that sounds like a Madonna single. Like I think of um, later on um, in Hard Candy, the beat goes on. It's like, yeah. oh, that's a Madonna single, but no one, they're not going to release it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like, yeah. Or ma- even something like amazing or something like yeah, that. That's yeah. a great example on music where it's like, this is exactly what we want. And yet there's the spark is, mi- there's something missing. Yeah. She's almost beyond that kind of like cookie cutterness. Yes. Yes. And this song both wants to be the traditional Madonna song, but also wants to be something new. Yeah. And it just, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't land happen. in either place. And yeah. yet you have things like Nikki and Donna back to kind of soothe our way into it. Yeah. I mean, I think that their contributions to this song are immeasurable. And oh. As always, they bring to me back, they give me back that Madonna sound that I crave. Yes. Their harmonies are great all throughout. But my favorite part is at the, closer to the end of the song when they're like the nothing really matters. You know, it's just oh, so oh, gorgeous. So beautiful. So beautiful.
and and this is a bigger issue that I have with the album because the seriousness of the album is the thing I can never really get a hundred percent behind because I'm kind of like oh the the, the songs want to take off and but Madonna's messages are the are the most important thing to Madonna uh-huh. and this is the song where I think it gets bogged down the most. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. It's hard to play when the song is sort of about like nothing really matters. Love is all you need. It's like, it's not a, it's not a release song. Mm. It's a very, it's kind of, it's, it's more controlled and like she, she's determined to tell us this or teach us something. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, which is, which is a hard place to like sort of let go and have fun with for well, sure. And, and this is, this song has a really interesting history. It's kind of a lost pop, single for Madonna because it kind of it was the fifth final single of the album and it was came out in in early 99 yeah and it's almost like like do you think it came out too late yeah I do think it was too late I felt like the album had kind of been done in a way and then they sort of like pushed forward I think because of you know is it the fourth or the fifth single I think it's like Drown World was Substitute for Love was somewhere in there. Power of Goodbye had done okay as the third single, yeah. but it wasn't like a massive hit. No, yeah. it was, but it wasn't. And it just sort of felt like the album was kind of done. And the, and do you think that they they released this as a way to kind of get it to like reinvigorate it again? Because there's a huge, I mean, the thing about this also that's so mystifying is is there's a huge maxi single of mixes. There's a whole photo shoot for the the single. She made a video, and she made a, a huge, amazing video as well. So it's like it's not that this was just kind of like oh, I guess we'll do this and recycle something. No, it was. I mean, I think that this is the. There's thing. a campaign. Yeah, I think that this is the thing. Like, I, I think it was supposed to come out earlier and somehow was delayed somewhere like, or something was weird about it. Like, because it just sort of felt like it didn't hit the mark when it came out. I was like, okay, I, Almost like this was like a like they had announced it and then it was like old news by the time it actually came. Yeah, something was weird about the timing of it. Um, But I also think ultimately it was sort of like. Yeah, maybe the I don't know. I don't know, Mark. I, I just felt like I wasn't that excited by the time it happened. Yeah. And I didn't even really love the remixes. Really? Except for one. There's oh, one I, really I have love. some great Oh my gosh. Well, let's talk about the remixes. Okay. Um first of all, it has another one of those fabulous kind of like human nature. It has a fabulous uh, package yes. for its maxi single with a beautiful new um photo shoot from it uh, by Luis Sanchez. Those photos of her in the dark hair. She looks gorgeous. Yeah. And um, I love the Kruder and Dorf Meister. Oh, well, yeah. Remix. I mean, this is, I mean, this is, that remix is an outlier from the rest of the mixes. There. Oh. That is the best remix. Well, and again, let's talk about our Veronica Electronica track list. This would, this is a 10 minute song that just come. It's oh, so good. It's so good. Well, it, it captures everything like, yeah. So look, I just oh. want to say, the rest of the remixes Kruder I don't love. Kruder and Dorfmeister. Yes. Let's just call this episode Kruder and Dorfmeister. Well, let's talk about a little Kruder yeah. and Dorfmeister because I fucking love those guys. I used to listen to that double album of theirs. Really? Uh, do you know that album? No, no, no. I don't know. They did this album um, that came out in 1998 called the K&D Sessions, which mm-hmm. are all these remixes of popular, or not popular, they were sort of like underground songs mm-hmm. of the time. They did Ronnie Size. There's a Depeche Mode song. There's actually a William Orbit mix that they do um, of Strange Cargo. Yeah, yeah. That, that ends the album. And, and so I was really already into their sound, I think. Or maybe I got into it through Madonna. I actually don't know now. I can't remember. <sighs> um, I think it was sort of just playing around a lot. It was like the kind of stuff that everywhere you went in um, low downtown in the late 90s had um, the K&D sessions playing. It was like great ambient music. This song captured not only the K&D sound, but it captured 
the whole mood of the Ray of Light era for me because it seems like a song that you'd put on at the beginning of a yoga practice to like yeah. get centered and then you get into your sun salutation so the song goes on and it just like lifts and lifts and all the great so rhythms. Freaking so freaking great. So freaking so It is. It is. It is a. It is one of the greatest remixes. So, I, I take back part of my statement about the remixes. <laughs> but I don't like the club mixes. See, and I love Club Sixty Nine Future Mix. Yeah. When you get to the last three minutes of it, when it kicks into that groove, and the girls come in with their vocals, that like it's. Oh, it's I'll, a, I'll re-listen. Yeah, and that's like an eight and a half minute mix, and like the first five minutes are fun, are great, and then it lifts to that. It does the thing that I want the song to do. It lifts it to this other place with this extra element, and you've got the girls' background vocals go snaking through. It's so good. All right, I'll I'll re-listen to that. I will say I remember listening that that was always playing at the gym when I would go to the gym (laughs) in 1999, and I would go to the Crunch down in the printing house where Monica Lewinsky was living at the time. Um, And did she work out with you? I never saw her. Okay, never saw her. I just knew she lived in that building. Okay. it's also where the great gay theater company Wings also had there, if you yes. remember them. Oh my God. 54 Christopher Street. Oh, and so we love was, you, Wings. Oh R.I.P. That I was mean, a great theater company. They really were. And they were, you know, in a way, I wish they would revitalize. Like, I think it's time for a new gay theater. I would love, I would um, love a gay theater. Or doing gay theater. Yeah, yeah. Queer theater. Queer I don't theater. want it to be gay anymore. I want yeah, it to be it queer. Would be, be re- refashioned. Maybe yeah. we should do that, Mark. Um, anyway, um, I would go to this gym to work out. And one day, I, I swear to God, this is what was happening. The 69 mix was on and I was like working out. And this guy came up and asked me, I was I my back to him and asked me if he could work in. I turned around and it was Rupert Everett. What's a food you can't stand? I hate eggs. I have a funny relationship with eggs. Sometimes I can do eggs, but sometimes they repulse me. And porridge is another one I can't really uh, What the hell is porridge? Oats. Like oatmeal? Oatmeal, yeah. Oh, gosh. We're going to bring him up now. <laughs> oh, Lord. Just for a second. Rupert Everett. I mean, enter Rupert Everett. Enter Rupert. Uh, reluctantly in 1990, the only thing that's happening with Nothing Really Matters is welcome to the welcome to the dance. I mean, and, you know, he had become really, like, hit popular culture a few years earlier with, with my best friend's wedding. Yeah. 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 And, um, and so, and he, and then Madonna sort of befriended him. And I don't remember if at this point we knew that they were doing the film yet, but I remember seeing him and being like, Oh, he's not, he's, he's different looking in person than he is on film. Yeah. Big head. <laughs> Which apparently is a thing with like famous people, right? Yeah, they have huge heads. Yeah, strange, weird. Yeah. Anyway, super nice. But it made me think of the um, Madonna documentary on VH1 with Mr. Rupert Everett, Madonna Rising. Oh, God. Which was 
it's, it is essential viewing for all ray of light um, aficionados. And, and nothing really matters. Nothing really matters. Nothing really matters. Nothing really, nothing really <laughs> matters in that document. No, I'm just kidding. I Everything love. First matters. of all, I think whoever produced and directed this documentary deserves an Emmy Award oh because the raw footage they must have gotten from uh, this this night out with Madonna well, and this? Rupert Everett must have been. They must have been like, oh my god, what are we gonna do? Because when they interview all those other those hangers on from all over the place, I mean. Well, let's go back. Because okay. You have to, because you're you, <laughs> like, so, I'm like, we got to have more than this. Madonna <laughs> rising is Madonna <laughs> takes Rupert Everett downtown to her roots. Right. And it's the first time yes. that we're going and Madonna's giving us history like that from her mouth. Yes. And I want to point to this for a couple reasons. One, because this is, is the first time second, because it's so fun and ridiculous. And we'll talk about all the places she goes along this crazy, bizarre tour that she takes him on. And third, I want to point to it because here we have, we're in this moment. We don't know what this, this um, visual biography is going to be. Yeah. But when I watched this, this Madonna rising, I was like, it's already there. Like this is the autobiography. Like she took him to the places and told the stories. Yeah. And I don't know what else I need. In fact, what I kind of wish is that she would take all these, this footage and re-edit it the way she wants to tell the story, mm. get all of it and make, it's already all there. Yeah. Anyway, she goes down there like, here's where I recorded. I lived in this space. They go to the recording studios. They go downtown to where she lived on the Lower East Side. They go to a hotel she stayed in. They go on to the Upper a, East Side. On the Upper East she Side. She was up oh, the yeah, Upper East yeah. Side. She goes everywhere and she's talking to people. And like, there are some, you know, questionable moments like when she goes to the recording studio that she recorded in when they had enough money to have their own studio and they break in and there's a band playing in there and they're like, um, what are you doing here? And she's like, keep going, keep going. And they're like so uncomfortable with her being there. And she like looks like this isn't really great music. And then they pan to like the frozen single on the ground. I know. Why is that there? Did they place it there or these uh, guys actually love Madonna? Well, how much, uh, th that's my big question is, is like how much of this is staged versus how, it, it feels very truth or dairy in the way of like how much of this <laughs> yeah, is staged yeah. versus, you yeah. know, or, and, and what kind of conversations when they kind of stumble upon a space they can't get into. Yeah. Did they have in the moment being like, so can we just come in your Apartment yeah, yeah or like how studio. much is like oh Madonna's coming over to the recording studio or how much of it was oh we just showed up yeah right because we have no idea actually I mean and I love right before that she shows because you know the hallway is very done over but the but the the stairwell still has all the graffiti so it's like this really interesting kind of like the the place to her credit the places they go are actually kind of still grungy and disgusting yeah and then Madonna's like in like a Gucci coat and coming out of a limo looking yeah. very ethereal and, and, and Madonna. -y, yeah. Sitting in the middle of all of this be, and telling these stories. I mean, yeah. I think that's, what's so interesting about it and how lonely she admits to being during oh, yeah. this time. Everything yeah. is about not having any friends well, and not knowing what was going to happen and surviving and the, the water being off and the electricity being, there's yes. just so much chaos during well, this. When we go to the star hotel and we don't go to her real room, but we go to a room that looks like, because actually the star hotel motel is moved across the street, Yeah, but it looks exactly the same. She says, so she goes up to her, they go, let her into a room to like be like, Oh yeah, this is what the rooms look like. And she, that's when Rupert Everett is like, well, were you lonely? And she was like, yes. And she talked about how she really only had a dollar a day to eat. And I actually yeah. believe all this because she talks about her budget and yeah, it yeah. all seems really real to me. And also the fact that she talks about how unsafe she felt in that room. And when you're sitting in that small space and you realize what that door is, you go, yeah, like she's like, I was always afraid someone was going to come. You could have kicked that door in. Yeah. Like and so obviously this is true. And that... I was like, yeah, that would have been fucking scary. I would be scared in that room. I don't know yeah. if you've ever stayed in a hotel like that somewhere where like, you know, not not to that, not on that I, level. I, but I, like, I've stayed in hostels in Europe when I was younger, in, in but only for a couple nights to live in a room like that yeah. for like months and years at a time, I think would be very um, crazy. Yeah. I, I'd go I go a little crazy. Yeah. I mean, I think it, it's a fascinating document for the time, and it really is is it helps to it starts to build the myth of Madonna's early years in this way that 
Um, I'm, I'm the only thing I'm, I'm always surprised she doesn't met, mention Martin so, mm, by name. There yeah. are photos of Martin during this time, but that she doesn't mention him. No. And I thought that was an interesting lost, particularly with Rupert Everett, you know, America's gay best friend right. interviewing her, right. interviewing her. Yeah. Rupert he Everett, like her. it's the weirdest conversation. There's no setup. There's no, no introduction. Madonna just kind of starts it. And, um, Everything, yeah, it's it's an it's a fascinating it really snapshot it's of so Madonna of star narcissism and 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 yet, and, and yet approachability. I couldn't She's get enough so of open. it. No. She's so open. I mean, when she goes in, first of all, there's all these moments where she like talks to the people. Yes, right? um, on the street, unedited, like yes. like it's really happening. Yeah, like yeah. she goes into that deli and she's like, "Oh, the price of peanuts has gone up ten cents." That's how I used and to the get cheese them. popcorn right. and the cranberry juice. Right, and she's like, "Do you still have yogurt here?" <laughs> and they're like, "Yes." She's like, "Let's see the yogurt." And Rupert Everett's like, "Okay." Then she goes up to the guys behind the counter and she's like, "Do you all remember me?" And one of them literally doesn't understand what she's saying. And the other one's like, "Yes, yes, of course." And she's like. Oh. Did I have good manners? Was I, was I was I polite <laughs> when I was like I'm like They're that's like, yes. what you want to ask? Well, because yeah, who knows why? Well, and so I have my two favorite moments in this whole thing are when she's leaving the deli and the man oh. pr- um, um, uh, approaches her in proposition, <laughs> selling her the nude photos of her that he has. Yeah. And she's like, no, thank you. <laughs> well, she's like, you should keep those if you ever need to make some money. Well, he keeps trying. He's like, well, that's what I'm thinking. Do you want to buy them? And she's like, no, if I need to see myself naked, I just go look in the fucking mirror. Like, she really and shuts, shuts it, down. it down. I got a question for you, Madame. Would you be interested to buy you your new photos? I got your new photos about 20 years ago when you were 17 years old. Um, no, thanks. I mean, I mean, maybe they're worth something. Nude photographs of yeah, me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can get them for free. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, when you, when, when, when you, when you, before I actually, you know, when you. Before, before I hit the big time? Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Are those them? No. <laughs> I mean, I, I think you know, should hold out. I mean, listen, if you ever need them. to make some bucks, yeah, you, you could always what, sell them. Well, that's what I was thinking, you know, maybe. Well, you know, I, listen, if I want to see me naked, I'll just sit in the mirror. I know that, but I'm saying, you know, maybe. <laughs> you know, can you get that for me, honey? I'm flat broke. Yeah, and then the other moment is my the other favorite moment is and oh and and the other thing we should can ma- we just go back to that moment for one more yeah, second totally because, because I also was like oh I, well good for her and it kind of is funny and glib but I was like you know what like what you know world do we live in where a man can feel like he can walk up to a woman and say to one of the most famous women in the world and sort of with s- cameras with a camera photographing her it's not like. Like right. she's anonymous there. She is being Madonna and today. say, and basically being like, you know, I'm going to release, I'm going to sell these photos unless you buy them from me on camera. Yeah. In front of like, you know, and, and sort of not have any shame about it. Like how fucking offensive is that actually? Well, you know? and it's, and, and it, it's kind of a, a, a strand of the documentary in the way that it, 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 because because she talks about folks, she, does. she talks about being going down to the new school and taking off her clothes the flexibility of the hours the pay was good there were other photo- photographers who would approach her liked her look wanted to do private photograph sessions yeah she's very open about it and now if you if you're playing along at home it's been like 13 years since those photos yeah. were released in Penthouse. And 20 and, since and they were taken. And 20 since they were taken. And she's still being asked about them by yeah. lunatics on the street. I mean, I was just like, wow. And it still bothers her. She admits to still being bothered by it. Yeah. And I think that that's a, it's it's kind of the climax of that whole storyline in the documentary yeah. of her and those and what she had to do to survive. Yeah. 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 My other favorite moment in the documentary is when they're at the at the at the vegan cafe, the the food cafe, <laughs> and she's like signing autographs because everywhere she went, she signed the kids' autographs. She signs yeah. everywhere, and she she's she's uh, one of the women at the bar is reading a book, and she's like, oh, yeah. "Do you like that book?" And she goes, "Oh yes, I'm reading it." And she's like, "It's great, right?" And off she goes. Yeah. Well, this is the way Madonna has conversation. Yeah. <laughs> um, she's not really going to stay for the longer one. She just wants you to know she knows. She knows. She knows. I've read that book. <laughs> the only other moment, well, there's so many. I mean, it, it really is a fascinating document. 
And it's so interesting that that's how they decide because the first 30 minutes of it are this tour through the past and there are interviews with Debbie Mazar and other people who are... Nile Rogers. Nile Rogers. The, the, Seymour the, Stein. Seymour Stein, the executives, the yeah. studio executives, the neighbors, people people who were musicians yeah. in the... in the. I mean, it's it's an incredible snapshot. It really is. And then this, the last quarter is her sitting down and talking about the album. And for a lot of it, it looks like she's not... As if, as if we're just eavesdropping on a conversation. Yeah. You know, the talking points are not there. She's no. not hitting the points that the that all the media, the press right. stuff had already right. done. But it's a pretty in depth look at the album. And then, but my favorite other moment is when she, you know, goes to one of the buildings she used to live in, and she sees the super, and she's like, "Do you remember what floor <laughs> I lived on?" And he's like, "Ha ha ha, four. four. <laughs> she's like, "Right, fourth floor." They don't go to the fourth floor, but they go to an apartment that had the same layout. Yeah. And there's a couple that are living there who let her in. And she's yeah. like, this is just like my apartment. And they show a picture of her in that, like on the stove, you know, and all the stuff. And then he's like, oh, uh, the guy who lives there grew up in the neighborhood. You were talking about this earlier. And he's like, oh, do you remember this guy and this guy? And she's like, oh, yeah, and Johnny. Bad he goes, boy oh, yeah. Johnny. He goes, oh, yeah, Johnny. And she goes, bad boy, Johnny. <laughs> um, and, and I just sort of, first of all, I felt bad for them. Like I felt uncomfortable that she was there and obviously she's living, you know, this sort of high life and they're living in not squalor, squalor but essentially, yeah. Like no they have doors. Like, right. They have like a, you know, and the bathroom, yeah, has like just like a, a, a sheet hung up that sort of, you know, and there she asks them how long they've lived there. And then and then at the end, the girlfriend gives her a headshot and a picture of her cat. Yeah. I was really pissed off about all those good scents they told though, I must admit. Well, you've got a few more on the way. Yeah, that's yep. true. Yep. I made up for it. All right, thanks, you guys. Thanks for that. It was really generous I, I, of you. I want to give you some good, just in case. Um, I'd love to do some beautiful work for you, you know, in the future. My cat, he loves to sit on his butt a lot, so. <laughs> we anyway. need a cat for anything. <laughs> okay, what's your name again? Cindy. Cindy, okay. It's a pleasure nice meeting you. Nice to meet you, Cindy. Beautiful. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. Nice Bye. Thanks Thank for letting you. us come in. I really appreciate it. Bye-bye. And it's fascinating because the body language of Madonna, what, how long she has to carry that headshot because she carries it to the yeah. vegan restaurant. She's like, she has it with her. Yeah. She can't get rid of it because what's no. she going to do? She folds it in half. She says, you know, she's beautiful and she has yeah. a really great personality. And It reminded me of From Truth or Dare. <laughs> With Moira, <laughs> it was weird. Well, it's it, it's. I think it's as less I think, <laughs> little shit. <laughs> little shit. I think it says less about Madonna. It says more about how people yeah act in her presence, and it's so and and you know when when I was watching it again, I was like, oh, Rupert's such a non-entity. I think now he's just staying out of her way. Yeah. Well, I mean, she's she's she was having some kind of trip that was really like intense for her. Well, and and I I was very moved when she talked about getting robbed in that apartment. Yeah. All of her synths oh, got robbed. Yes. And actually she says this and looks straight at the guy and I, I I often wonder when I watch it if she's actually accusing him. And in a way like she's never gotten over it, like she's still waiting to get repaid for the shit. But that's why she has to move out of the building. She's yeah. like I wasn't safe here anymore. I wasn't safe here and, and they, they she took everything. sort of blames him. Like she looks at him like if you know the guys tell them that you Madonna's them, looking I, for I, him. I, I was like, there's the street, the little street urgent, you know? Um, I love that. There was that other part where somebody was like, Oh yeah, I remember Madonna uh, on her roller skates, rolling down the street with her boom box. And I was like, Oh, I wish I could see that. That should be the opening of her movie, you know, oh like, eh. well, and, and making <laughs> eye contact with everybody so yeah. that they would remember her. Yeah. The loneliness of that yeah. really struck me. Um, I want to talk about, uh, we, we've lost, the, <laughs> we've lost the thread of nothing really matters, but I do want to talk about two more moments in her conversation. Yeah. Uh, one is when she talks about how, pa how much she wants to make movies. Yeah. Because I do think by this point, um, definitely the next best thing is being talked about. Oh, I yeah. think a script has been read. I'm sure they're meeting. She and Rupert Everett are meeting about no, this it. This was part He's of a probably setup. Probably attached. Yeah, this is to like a movie. setup. So we're establishing this relationship. Yes. yes and yes. and just how um, ardently she is about it. Yeah. 
And then the other thing, and and um, we're gonna. This is a little controversial, Kenny. How she talks about how she doesn't want to be dancing on stages <gasps> and 50. making pop music at fifty. Yeah. Do you envisage yourself like Mick Jagger, aged fifty, stomping around no. at Madison Square Garden? I do not. Cut to twenty-five years time, <laughs> Madonna. <laughs> No, I mean, I'm not, I can't, I, I don't think so. So is there a stop date? Do you well, think, do you ever think really, about that in your head? Do you think like... Um, no, I don't think there's a stop date, but I do, I don't envision myself making um, pop records and videos when I'm 50 years old. I mean, I, I feel like um, I'm always going to make music, no matter what. Um, but I think it's just going to, the way I perform it is going to take another shape. And... Um, you know, I can always do holiday inns. And I was, I was, I remember watching this because I was in, I was in a dorm lounge in, in Ohio because I didn't have a TV. I had moved out of my, my, um, university housing. I was living, um, in an, in, in an apartment off campus, but we didn't have a TV. I was very anti TV at that time. So I had to go to a dorm to watch this live on television at 10 o'clock during a Madonna weekend. It premiered during a Madonna weekend on VH1 at 10 o'clock. I went to watch it in a dorm, uh, dorm lounge TV. And I was just like, Oh no, it's going to end. Yeah. The career's going to end at 50? Like, she's going to stop? I was heartbroken. Because she was, what, 39? We had a decade left or something before yeah. she was going to be... Sh- at that time. she was 40. And it, and it was... No, she was... Yeah, she was going to be 40. She was 40. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, well, I, I, I don't remember... I think thinking, like, 50 seems so far away at that time. Yeah. Meaning, like, even though it was only a decade away. Um, and that's something, too, like, you know... When we hit Ray of Light, to me, it feels like for us in our recording, like this feels like, oh my God, things happen so fast from here on. Yeah. Um, in like way, life. Yeah, like life. Yeah. Things start to speed up in a way, even though she slows down in a way too. But I think like it made me sad too to think like that. Well, it's interesting. Like if she were to look at that clip now and be like, huh. Well, she talks about that she would engage with music in a different way. Yes. She says, I'll always make music, but I'll do it. I don't know if I'll be making pop music and dancing around on right. the stage. And I mean, she did some of her largest tours after yes. she was 50. Yeah. It's kind of, it's so strange to watch again yeah. and be, and knowing what we know now. Yeah. And I haven't seen this documentary in probably 20 years when yeah, I, yeah. when I rewatched it, I was like, Oh my God, she said she wasn't going to be doing this at 50. Yeah. And I was like, Oh Careful what you say on VH1, Madonna. Yeah, I would love for her to... Well, you know, look, I think, her, you know, she's she evolves so much. She also talks about then, you know, which also really cracks me up. Not cracks me up, but it's so interesting to me. Like, you know, we look back at Madonna's life and we we all the times we've gone through already and we're like, that was fabulous. That was fabulous. Oh my God, and she changed and she does this and it's amazing. And she looks back at her life the same way we all do, I think. I, I don't can't say for everybody, but for me, you know, I look back and go, I was so foolish in my twenties. Mm. I did such stupid things. Look at that hair. I looked ridiculous. And it's just this reminder of like what we think our pasts are and what they look like are two different things. You know, I think I've said this before. I have a friend who is like saw a movie of herself from the from you know, where she was naked in her twenties and she's like you know what I, and she watched it in her 40s. She's like, you know what I kind of came away with is like, I should have been naked more in my 20s. You yeah. Know? And there's just oh my thing, God. Like, yeah. You just don't like, I just think it's interesting that, you know, the biggest icon in my life, right, looks back at parts of her life that I still hold up as really valuable and important and sort of doesn't value them as much anymore, you know, or thinks they were foolish or silly, you know. Or, well, well, I love, I love the point when she, she makes the point that everybody was dressing the way she was yeah, and that she, she just, almost excludes herself from pioneering the Madonna look of 1985. Yeah. And I thought that was so interesting. I and, thought so too. And 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 just kind of like, you know, that was the truth. Yeah. As opposed to the mythology. Because I do think that we, as we look back, we mythologize our lives and we we kind of make them into these other things. And I think this this and we've spent so much time talking about it because it's so fascinating, but it's also, it really is 
a snapshot and a record of what the truth was in in 19 yeah. that I don't know necessarily if she would agree with now. I agree. I think that she she's changed that story. But the thing about her story that is even more powerful that she, she holds on to today was what Niall Rogers says about her and says, you know, she came out of this art world. Yeah. And it was the moment when art and music, when she was coming up, when art and music were inextricably fused. They were just the same. That was all part of the thing. And she figured out a way, or she became the thing that sort of represented that movement in its like most pop form. Yes. So that, yes. And that's really who she is. Like, yes. You know, and that, and that, that to me was like, oh yeah, that's exactly right. And that, that's what she's done all through her career. Like, and she's on the shoulders then of people like, you know, well, Keith Haring and Basquiat and Warhol, but also Laurie Anderson mm -hmm. and, you know, all these other sort of, you know, art pop makers, you know? And I think at the end of the day, that will be like in 500 years, that will be the history if there is any history anywhere. Yeah. You know, Back yeah. to the apocalypse Station of Drowned of World. Yes, oh yes. Um, uh, so there was an amazing video to amazing? Nothing Really Matters <laughs> that uh, we should talk about. Amazing video? Um, uh, a, 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 um, a distinctive, okay. a, dis a visually distinctive video. And perhaps um, morally complicated. Well, um, Ethically. It, was, it, was it was directed by um, Johan Renk, and um, he was also known as Stackabo uh, <laughs> back in the day. Um, so was I. <laughs> he was called. Well, th there's a lot of, of um, code names in this this video. Oh. There's Stackabo, uh -huh. but there's also um, Hasimoto. Oh, Hatsumoto, which is the um, character from Arthur Golden's Memoirs of a Geisha right. that Madonna had fallen in love with after she read the book. So did my mom. Um, I love that book. Yeah. Um, it became a very lackluster movie. Terrible. But um, that that was made, and um, but at the time it was a huge uh, bestseller. Sensation. And Madonna was using that as like her um, name at hotels and stuff. She was Hatsumoto. <laughs> And so she decided to take on that character for the Nothing Really Matters video. Yeah. Cultural appropriation or cultural appreciation? Um, um, cultural appropriation or cultural appreciation? Cultural appreciation with um, some questionable imagery in the video. Uh-huh. Um, cause it's, it's a strange video. It's, it's a video that doesn't have a story. Correct. Um, well, there is a story. Is there? But Tell I don't understand. No, I don't. Nothing I, really matters. Well, I, well, look, I think she's outside the story for most of it. Meaning she's just dancing in this green screen world and doing a lot of cool moves. And the camera work is really cool too. Yeah. She looks really interesting in it. I wouldn't say she's beautiful in it, though some people may disagree. But she, but there's also all these people who are in like white... Um, who are Asian identified yes, people. Yeah. Yes. And they seem to be like in some kind of trance. Like in a, in a kind of almost like the bedtime story yeah, lady yeah. Um, with and, and almost being birthed because they all yeah. carry these kind of like sacks of fluid. Are there <laughs> children in there? Are these all nursemaids? And then they do float up at some point. Yeah. But they seem to be like being possessed. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. I tried to look up online like meaning of nothing really matters video and I couldn't find any analysis. Well, and and just to look at Johan um Stakabo's uh um, other document, uh, other video work. I mean, he he really doesn't do linear videos. I mean, he does he does famously Kylie Minogue's Love at First Sight. He does a lot of Fever Ray and the Knife videos. That that avant garde Swedish duo. Um, he does Robbie Williams's She's Madonna. After this, these are much later though. Uh, yeah, and um, but he also um, he also does the Hung Up video later. Oh. So she does work with him again. Oh, interesting. And there is kind of like a, a very distinct kind of um, aesthetic in place. I just don't know what it has to do with the song. Well, nothing really matters, so you might as well do whatever the fuck you want, I guess. And dance in a geisha outfit? Yeah. This video, though, points me to something um, maybe... Well, no, I don't think it's controversial. I think this is the first like video for an album that is really kind of 
I don't know. It's not as good as the others. Who <laughs> <laughs> else to say it? Like, because I think the the five videos from this, this one is really like the poorest one. And again, that goes back to: it, was it just too late? Did it not? What, what did did the reception to it? Because I kind of agree with you. I'm kind of like they put so much work into this, and it looks like so labored over. Yeah. And and she does kind of back up the look because I mean, is that a? And here's my question: Is that her real hair? Let's talk about Madonna's hair because she's oh, yeah. unveiling the geisha look, and she has this dark straight hair yes. for the rest of. For a majority 99. of 99. Yeah. This is her real hair. She's on this with Larry King. She does this for the um, black and white ball. Is that what it's called? Yeah. You know, um, right? Where, where she sh um, shows up in that amazing outfit. She does. She has this hair on the Grammys where yeah. she does nothing really matters. And I think this is actually how this came to be at this time because she was, gonna, she was going to the Grammys where she was about to win. She'd never really been nominated for Grammys. She's never been nominated right? for any major Grammys. She was nominated for five, I think, yeah. right? And so maybe this push for nothing really matters was like, let's circle it around this whole thing. Cause we're going to have this opportunity to bring the album back and it's going to win. And let's have a single cause it all comes out around the same time. Correct. And then she does this on the, on the Grammys, which we'll talk about in a second. There's this great interview, weird interview with her on, they did a big push for this song yeah. on entertainment. There Tonight. was a campaign for yes. nothing really matters. Yeah. And they, she goes on entertainment tonight where she gives the exclusive first look at the video. Yep. Um, <laughs> And John a, Tesh is there. John, <laughs> John Tesh, who goes on to amazing, making amazing music with the John Tesh, Tesh project, and also oh. becomes a radio star and like a He's you know, amazing. I really love John Tesh. The many lives of John Tesh. Um, <laughs> but um, anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> this episode, also like, this is what I love about this. Is this song, this episode is everything. Nothing really matters. Is everything is thrown in? We're just gonna see love is what all sticks. you need. Love is all you need. Take I mean, it, Nikki and Donna. Okay, go ahead. John, so John Tesh. Project, John Tesh John goes Tesh. to her house in LA and they have an interview in front of the Picasso she has in the corner <laughs> which why <laughs> and she talks about why she decided to be a geisha in this film in this and she talks about like what how she's similar to a geisha the whole idea of geisha is a great metaphor for being an entertainer because on the one hand you're privileged but on the, on the other hand, you're a prisoner. Yes, she's both free and trapped. <laughs> and that's where I was like, this is complicated. <laughs> it's complicated. And maybe not correct. But also they, annou <laughs> they announce that she's going to do the next best thing yes. with that. And, right. and she shows that she's, she's friends with Rupert Everett and she's going to do right. this movie. And, that's right. And, and she wants to make movies. She also wants to direct shares of a share oh video. She, that is the weirdest thing. She's like, as soon as I heard the song, I knew I, knew I, I, I loved it had to be the first single and I was going to direct the video. Of course, I don't have time to direct the video. <laughs> and Cher doesn't want you to direct I, the yeah, video. Yeah, she didn't. She probably skipped that part. <laughs> that oh, that Cher thinks she's selfish and not a nice person. She's not a nice person. According to Cher. Um, but ultimately, I mean, it, it, again, and, and it's, it's maddening and we keep bringing up all of these random things because it's maddening all this effort and the, the song doesn't go anywhere. <sighs> all then, this work, all this work. Well, you know where it goes to? It goes to the Grammys performance where oh. she stands on a little... She opens the Grammy Awards with <sighs> this performance of Nothing Really Matters. And, you know, the Grammy Awards are, are in the 90s were kind of like... A, it, it wasn't as much about collaborate. Now it's about, like, getting too disparate artists together to collaborate. Everyone's doing collaborate. And disparate. But disparate. <laughs> oh Lord. See, I'm I, I am I am I <laughs> I live so selfishly. Because uh, of you. Yeah, I was the only one. Um but I do think that <laughs> she opens the Grammys with a set. There's like a full on set from the video. Yeah. And there's a bridge. A little bridge. And she's on these like like six inch heels platforms looking amazing yeah. looking just like the video yeah and she sings a live version of nothing really matters that's right and it's it's really boring it's really really boring and you know it's and you know i, I i've mentioned this before donna donna and nikki are there 
and yes, they, they sing and they have to dress up in those outfits too. Everyone's and, in a geisha outfit. And nobody's happy. Nobody's happy. Nobody's having fun. Nobody's moving. I mean, I think she crosses to, to yeah, a bridge. It's like that was the whole choreography. She does a few interesting moves that I wish they had capitalized on a little more. But I think the set traps everybody. There's nowhere to move on that set. There's there's no no. And and this goes to your point that like something about this song doesn't quite happen because there's no it's like it's so the the melody is slow in a way and there's no room for like playing She never does it again. She never, she does, she's not done it live. She's not done it on tours. I saw something online where it was being considered for Hard Candy and there's like a, a studio recording of a version of it, but I don't know if it's official or not. I'm curious if anybody has any intel on that, but I saw something about that, but yeah. I thought that would be a weird and interesting addition to Hard Candy tour, I mean, Sticky and Sweet tour rather. I, I think it's I, I think it's an interesting blip. I think that's the word to use because of mm. all the Marius DeVries contributions. And, you know, people like, you know, um, internet critics like Louis Vertel and people have always mentioned this video low on the ranking of Madonna's 50 videos or da-da-da-da-da. Right. And um, it was a big dance hit, though. Yeah, it and, was. And, and it'll be interesting if it does come back in, in this remix thing that's coming. Yeah. If, if we kind of come back to Nothing Really Matters. Oh, we definitely do because we so, we've seen video of her in the studio listening to it and bopping. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's just, it's such a strange song and all that was going on around it, I, I wish it just kind of had come out a little better yeah. overall. There's lots of problematic things. And I also think in the video, oh, well, well, we should also, in the video, she also is kind of removed from everybody else, too. Yeah. Well, it doesn't feel like they're in the same video. No, well, she's not really there. I mean, that's what I mean. Like, there's something about, you know, I mean, in, in, in a lot of ways, it's employing a lot of the same elements as of Ray of Light. I mean, she's only really there for the dance, you know, when they're dancing, like, with other people. Yeah. <clears throat> so she is very isolated through that video, too, but, like... And in the Grammy performance. Yeah. There's yeah. no interaction. And and I think she needs the interaction. Yeah. She does win the best pop album Grammy though, right afterwards. Hell's and yeah. she comes out in the album. She takes her trophy and puts away the kimono and heads on. The show's over. Yeah, say goodbye. No, don't say that. <laughs> heads on. Mark is telling me to say till next time. Bye. <laughs> Oh, Mark. Oh, that was long. How long was that episode? 12 inches. <laughs> <laughs>